You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum. And we are one week away, Chris, from the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine. Always a great time. The Underwear Olympics. Who does not love the Underwear Olympics? And we're going to, I don't even want to say briefly because it's probably not going to be brief. We're going to go through the running backs and the tight ends. A very interesting group at those respective positions. But first, before we get into that, I want to discuss the Giants' current state at both of those positions. And I want to ask you, Chris, how you doing, my friend? Yeah, I am doing well, or at least as well as I can. Uh, Spring is starting to spring here. So my car is green, and I am trying to avoid getting super congested right now. But other than that, doing well. Stay inside and watch film, Chris. Nothing could ever go wrong if you stay inside and watch film. <laughs> nah, you got to get outside and touch grass every now and again. Touch grass. Team touch grass. Anyways. Absolutely. Let's start with this running back position. So it's a very nebulous situation, right? Saquon Barkley at the moment is slated to hit the free agent market. The Giants can't just slap the franchise tag on him without having a deal done with Daniel Jones because if they can't get a deal done with Daniel Jones, you're going to want to use a franchise tag on him. So Saquon Barkley looks like he could hit free agency. He could be back too at the same time. We'll have to wait and see. Matt Breida, also a free agent. So now you're looking at Jashawn Corbin, who was the undrafted kid from Florida State who didn't play last year in the regular season, and Gary Brightwell as your running backs. So the running back room right now for the New York Giants is up in the air. And if Saquon Barkley ends up going to a team like the Bears or anywhere else that is not the New York football Giants, New York will likely invest a late day two or a day three pick in the running back position. And luckily for the Giants, this is a pretty stacked running back class. Yeah, this is actually a really, really stacked running back class. I mean, we've got three guys who could go in the first round. I would expect maybe one of them too. Uh, I know a lot of mock drafters desperately try to find a spot to slot Texas running back Bijan Robinson in the first round. Could also see Jameer Gibbs, Zach Charbonnet go in the first round, but we'll, we'll get to those guys in a little bit. But the reason why I've, I'm a kind of skeptical of more than one or even one being drafted in the first round is just the value of selecting a tight end or running back in the first round of the draft. I, I would say any year, but particularly this year, because there's just so many good running backs, there are going to be starters drafted on the third day of the draft. Uh, four, fourth round, fifth round, maybe even sixth or seventh round. And speaking of the day three of the draft, Daniel Bellinger last year, the transition to tight ends. Daniel Bellinger is the one tight end on this New York Giants roster that you can pencil in and be like, the Giants can build forward with this player. And he is, I would say, a fine tight end one, but I don't believe 
his presence will preclude the New York Giants from investing heavily in the position if they have a high grade on some of these other tight ends. But the reason I want to bring up Daniel Bellinger is because the one draft last season where Joe Shane and his front office went out and selected a player who is a starter and who hit and who was injured but didn't get his entire season ruined by injury like a lot of that 2022 NFL draft class was Daniel Bellinger. So I feel like before we get into these prospects at the running back and the tight end position for the draft coming up, we should look at what Daniel Bellinger excelled at at the combine last year. And when you look at his his measurements and his speed testing, look, he ran a 4.6340 yard dash. That's pretty damn good for a 6 foot almost 5 253 pound kid. But the one thing that really stuck out to me, I guess two, would be his broad jump, which according to RAS, that's Kent Lee Platt's method of uh, judging and evaluating the relative athletic score of each player. That's what RAS stands for. He had a 9.65 out of 10 for the broad jump. But his 10-yard split, Chris, was a 1.52 according to RAS, which was a 9.97 out of 10. That is ahead of Evan Ingram and Kyle Pitts. So 10-yard split really measures how quick a player can go from nothing to something, how fast they are starting from a stagnant stance. So that seems like it's a measurement that was really important to Joe Shane and the Giants last draft and something to kind of monitor during the combine this year. Yeah, generally we pay attention to broad jump and 10-yard split for edge rushers because it's a really good measure of that initial burst, their get-off, their lower body explosiveness, how quickly they're able to get out of their stance and moving. And we did see with Bellinger, he was, as a receiver, good in that short to intermediate range. He was a good run-after-catch tight end. And he was also a good blocker as tight ends go. You know, I I know there are a lot of fans out there who want their tight end to basically be a smaller left tackle. And I mean, slightly smaller. They, They want a tight end who can stonewall, you know, Von Miller or something like that, you know, who can just be matched up man to man on a on an edge rusher and shut him down. But that's not what you're that's not what you're going to get from 99.9% of tight ends at any level of play. For the most part, it's just can they lose slowly enough to buy the quarterback or running back time to do what they have to do. And Bellinger did that very well. Bellinger had an excellent rookie season. Looking forward to what he can do moving forward. But let's transition to the running back position in the 2023 NFL scouting combine. And the name that is constantly mocked in the first round, and I think you're right, a lot of teams are just trying to, or a lot of mockers, draft pundits are trying to slide him into the first round because he'll likely go in that direction. It might not be till the back end, even though he'll be a top five player in this class, just because the running back position is somewhat devalued right now. And he could end up going to a really good football team, Chris. That's Bijan Robinson, the running back from Texas. This guy, as you put in the notes and you're right, has Barkley-esque type of size and athletic ability. When you watch some of the moves he has on his tapes, 
you can easily perceive that there are not a lot of running backs who can execute those types of movements and make people look as silly as he does. Bijan Robinson would probably or is definitely at the top of the list, followed closely or maybe not too close, but another running back who is akin to Alvin Kamara. A lot of people I've seen kind of say that he reminds him of Alvin Kamara is Alabama running back Jamar Gibbs, just a very good receiver out of the backfield. Kamara also went to Alabama before transferring to UT. So there's that connection as well. But what are your thoughts on the top two running backs in this class? And are they your top two running backs from everything you've seen? I would say they probably are the top two running backs. And I think which one you prefer might just come down to what you are looking for in a running back. Uh, B. John Robinson, you know, I think the more you watch him, the more the Saquon Barkley comparison makes sense. The two are almost the same size. Uh, they're both right around six foot, right around 220, 225 pounds. They both have absurd explosive ability, great agility, the ability to move their bodies in space in ways that normal humans are just not capable of doing. And they've also been absurdly productive. I mean, Robinson finished this year with just under 1,600 yards rushing, an average of over six yards per carry, and 18 touchdowns. That is a lot of production, particularly for a Texas team that was not without weapons. Like Texas is building a pretty good program down there. They have a chance to be a real powerhouse over the next couple of years, and Robinson was the kind of undisputed star of that team. But then you've got Jameer Gibbs, who has a ton of ability as a receiver out of the backfield. Or you could you could move him around your offensive formation, put him in motion, move him up to the slot, split him out wide. So if you have a, well, Sean Payton is back in the NFL now, but if you have a an offensive mind like Sean Payton or uh, Kyle Shanahan who loves to use running backs to manipulate the defense, to create and exploit matchups. Then I could see a Jameer Gibbs having a little bit more, a little bit more value than B. John Robinson, despite the fact that he doesn't have all of Robinson's uh, athletic upside. There are clips by Bijan Robinson, man. If you just want to have fun one night, turn on his highlight reel. You're going to have an absolute blast because some of his runs are jaw-dropping. But other running backs that aren't Gibbs and aren't Robinson, but likely will be day two picks. You have Taji Spears from Tulane who went down to the Senior Bowl and was... I would say probably the talk of the senior bowl, the one offensive player who took the entire event by storm and forced a lot of evaluators back to his tape, albeit his tape from what I've seen, at least a little bit I've seen from it. He showed a lot of the traits on his tape that he displayed at the senior bowl. And then Zach Charbonnet, the UCLA running back, who is a bit different than Spears. Spears is a little bit of a smaller guy, whereas Charbonnet is a big 220, 225 pound back that will run through your face. Which type of player here do you think the Giants would be interested in? And do you think Zach Charbonnet has a chance to be like a high second round pick, Chris? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Charbonnet was a third running back off the board just because of how productive he was, his size, his, his power. Yeah, he is a tough guy to bring down. He, If you are looking for 
a running back to go between the tackles to move to push the pile and just run right through arm tackles make defenders that try to shoulder check him bounce off and keep going that's Charbonnet he is he's not Brandon Jacobs because nobody's Brandon Jacobs but he is kind of I think the closest this draft has to a Derrick Henry type running back personally I would go for Tajay Spears myself, but I think it also really depends on what the Giants do with respect to their running back position in free agency. If they are forced to let Saquon Barkley walk and say, go with Matt Breida, then I could see them going Spears. If they bring Barkley back and want somebody to handle those short yardage, those goal line reps to take some of the, uh, the wear and tear off of Barkley, then I could see them going Charbonnet. But I'm not sure I want the Giants drafting a running back quite high, quite so highly as either of these two guys should go. Now, I, I should say we talked about Spears when we were talking about the All-Star Games, and I, I've, I love him. He reminds me of David Wilson coming out of Virginia Tech. He's got that that same level of explosiveness, of quickness, agility, long speed, contact balance, vision. And again, he was very, very productive. 1,800 total yards, 21 total touchdowns last year. I'd say this too about Charbonnet. A lot of people just will pigeonhole him as, you know, he's a big back. He's just going to run through your face. Like he can just do that, but he actually makes people miss in a phone booth. His stop start ability is also pretty impressive. So that's an interesting name that I feel like giant fans should remember. He's the running back out of UCLA. If Saquon Barkley does not come back to the New York giants. And there are also other players that will be available later in the draft that I feel like, could run like four in the four threes, possibly the four twos. The running back from Texas A and M, Devin A. Chain, he is one who he's a little bit smaller. He's he's five nine, but he could run. He's so explosive, the burst, all of those athletic traits he possesses. And then there's the other player who is definitely much more undersized. He's about five foot six, hundred and seventy five pounds, and that is Kansas State's Deuce Vaughn. And those guys, because of their size, they might be able to be available at the back end of day two, early in day three. And we know the Giants have kind of, I would say, hit home runs in that area of the draft already. And if Saquon Barkley is not back, I wouldn't be shocked if they added one of those lightning bolts to create more explosive plays for this offense. But there are also other running backs, too, that we should probably go over. So, Chris, do you want to dive into some of the other ones that really pique your interest before we transition to the tight ends? Yeah, if there. There's probably three guys I really want to talk about. The first is Izzy Israel Abanaconda out of Pitt. Yeah, that guy is watching him was an absolute blast because if he got even a little bit of daylight, he was gone. He was making a house call. Yeah, his runs were either a two yard loss because the offensive line just didn't do its job and the defender met him in the backfield. Or it was a home run. It was a big run. There was really no in-between. In fact, I I couldn't use his Virginia Tech tape in the scouting report I did on him because it was too good. And then the other one is Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. Uh, there actually is a bit of a Giants connection here. Uh, 
a bit of an oblique one, but last year, Tucker broke Joe Morris, former New York Giant, Super Bowl winning New York Giant, broke his rushing record at Syracuse. And Morris and Tucker are actually kind of kind of similar in that they're kind of undersized, well, short, let's say short and stout. <laughs> you know, sub six foot, might even be sub 5'10", but good thickness and Tucker is a great athlete and he might he might be the most well-rounded running back in this draft class other than B. John Robinson because he just does everything well you can split him out have him play receiver he can catch the ball he can pass protect he can catch out of the backfield he can run between the tackles he can run off tackle he does all of that and he kind of was the Syracuse offense over the last couple years and again a very very fun player to watch and then finally, Kendry Miller out of TCU, a guy, Ed Valentine, you can go find that podcast, interviewed him. And... Not to cut you off, Chris, not to cut oh, you sorry. off, but I can't let that slide. Valentine, have I been saying it Valentine. wrong this entire time? Valentine, Valentine, you know what? <laughs> Assuming listens Ed to listens this. to us, he can, he can tell us which one is right. That's awesome. I'm sorry to cut you off, but go on. <laughs> You know what? Why don't we just flip pronunciations? That way, we're both right. <laughs> but anyway, Kendra Miller, he has, he has, he might not be working out at the combine this year. But I want him. I want our listeners to be aware of him because he is another runner who is like Alvin Kamara. In fact, he's gotten the those Alvin Kamara comparisons as a guy who is just absurdly explosive, not terribly big, but you can move him out to wide receiver and he can play wide receiver for you. One other name who this kid isn't going to blow up the combine, but I just wanted to put his name out on the radar just because I feel like he's a very good running back. And that is Minnesota's Muhammad Ibrahim. And this is a player who was just going off in week one against Ohio State back in 2021, but then he tore his Achilles and he returned this season to have another fantastic year. Now, this guy, he might run like the four sixes, like he's not the fastest type of guy, but if you're just looking for a late day three flyer, a guy who can step in and just understands how to play running back is incredibly tough, was very productive in college. That's a name just to remember. But again, he's not going to blow up the combine. I hope he tests better than than what I believe he will test. Just because my first paid gig, Chris, my first professional job as somebody who covers football was writing for an outlet that covered the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And I believe that was Muhammad Ibrahim's true freshman season. So now that he is graduated, I'm just like, ah, man, you know, that seems like a long time ago, but He's a really talented running back who just doesn't have those athletic traits that jump out at you. But Chris, do you have any other running backs that you want to talk about before we transition to the tight ends? No, but the, the one thing I do want to mention, as you bring up a running back that might not have the athletic traits but has been productive, is the fact that as excited as we get for the combine, one of the things we have to remember is that the athletic testing isn't everything. Mm -hmm. There are things that go into playing running back that the combine almost cannot test, but are, but are more important in a lot of ways than how far they jump, how high they jump or how fast they run. You know, things like contact balance, things like vision, uh, pass protection skills, uh, ball security, things like that. 
and all that you see on tape. So really the combine is a tool, but it is not definitive. And the combine's also important for medical checks. That's why it was initially established anyway. So players like Mo Ibrahim and some of these other players we're going to be going over in the tight end section, it's going to be vital for them because doctors have to sign off on these injuries and different teams are going to have different ways to evaluate said injuries. But Chris, before we get to those tight ends, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Chris, we know the importance of relying on 12 personnel in certain situations and being able to employ a 12 personnel package that you can not just efficiently run the football out of, but you can also pass the football out of. So finding another tight end to pair Daniel Bellinger with, I feel like is one of the more understated aspects of this offseason, just because the Giants have so many holes throughout their roster. So I think the Giants are in the market for the tight end. And this tight end class it's pretty damn good at the top. And some of these guys might slide into day two. And the Giants, I know they have a lot of needs, but they should at least entertain the tight end position if some of these guys like Michael Mayer from Notre Dame or Dalton Kincaid from Utah or Darnell Washington, who might be a first-round pick from Georgia, if those guys end up sliding to the Giants at a value. But let's start. I want to start with Darnell Washington just because he is – such a unicorn in the sense that he is teetering on six set, right? He's almost 270 pounds and he wasn't used all that often at Georgia as a receiver because they have a tight end next year, Bauer, who is going to probably be a first round pick, but he's almost like having an extra offensive lineman out there because he's that effective. And Maybe, similar to Daniel Bellinger, he has some untapped potential as a receiver, albeit we did see him have success as a receiver, basketball background, just an absolute maniac and somebody that I would love to have on the New York Giants. What were your thoughts on Darnell Washington? Honestly, I had I had a lot of the same thoughts. This dude is just massive. You, talking about, you know, it's six foot seven, 265. I... Players tend to try to cut weight to run better at the combine, but I wouldn't be surprised if his playing weight was closer to 270 or maybe even 275, but he carries that weight very, very well. And the basketball background is kind of big for me with a, when it comes to the tight end position, you know, like with interior linemen, offensive, defensive linemen, 
you want to see you want to see a wrestling background uh as far as wide receivers and running backs, if they've got a track background, you know they can run. With a quarterback, I love to see a baseball background because that means they are perfectly capable of A, taking care of their arm, and B, throwing off-platform, off-schedule, and from a bunch of different arm slots because you have to be able to do those things and throw accurately to have any kind of success in baseball. With a tight end and a basketball background, number one, you know the dude, he can use his hands. Like, he can catch a ball. But also you know that he has an uncommon amount of athleticism for a big, tall player. Now, I have a feeling like if he was a really good basketball player, he might have been playing basketball for Georgia instead of playing football for Georgia. You know, unless it's just football is his passion and he just liked basketball. But having that kind of diverse athletic background as a younger player, that really does speak to the potential going forward. And yeah, maybe he does have some untapped receiving upside because, well, Georgia just never needed to tap into it. But then there are a bunch... There are a bunch of other very good tight ends in this draft class, so maybe that could make Washington slip a little bit, and maybe he could be there for the Giants in the second round, yeah, if not at 25th overall, where maybe Michael Mayer from or Michael Meyer from Notre Dame could uh, could reasonably be the Giants' pick because there's a, a good chance that he could he is a better football player than whatever wide receiver or pass rusher is available to the Giants at that point because Meyer might is one of the best all-around players in this draft class. He can run, he can catch, he is a good blocker. You can have him in line, you can have him de- detached, split out, probably mo- motion, motion him into the backfield as an H-back. He can do it all. We should start calling him Michael Myers just to ode to Halloween. You know what I mean? Because that's <laughs> yes. what he does to defenses because he is. Uh, there's also a Voorhees in this draft. You know, this draft <laughs> there's also This draft literally could be a Halloween nightmare. And also I'm sure a lot of cinematic fans would absolutely love it. One more thing on Darnell Washington. I saw this play early in the season against Oregon, where it was basically just a, an H-back slide play. It's a play that the Giants ran a lot, where you play action and then you roll the quarterback out. And from the far side of the field, the H-back just slides underneath, and it's an easy check down. And Stetson Bennett checked it down to Darnell Washington. The Oregon defender like hit him square and just slid right off. And then Darnell Washington took it about 19 yards up the field and leaped and hurdled a safety. And I was just like, oh. That is wild. So just to speak to his athletic ability, I'm excited to see what he can do at the combine, but that kind of size, you just can't teach it, man. Planet theory type stuff. But Michael Meyer, man, he is a very interesting tight end as well in terms of what he can do from a receiving standpoint. I'm excited to get into his film. I remember, I think I did a report on him last year going into uh, his, his final season at Notre Dame, but uh, I'm 
eager to get into his 2022 tape and I have not done so yet, but he's likely, or at least people are speculating that he's going to be the first tight end drafted. And he's just an all around type of tight end. He can block. He will block. I mean, those Notre Dame tight ends, typically they they're okay at blockers, but again, you just lose slow enough. But in terms of what he can do for you over the middle of the field as a route runner, soft hands extend away from his frame, all of the traits that you want in a, in a solid tight end, a first round tight end, Michael Meyer possesses. And also, I've heard a lot about Dalton Kincaid. I have not watched him yet. Have you gotten eyes on Dalton Kincaid? Because there's a lot of first-round buzz around him as well. Uh, not as much as I will by the time his his scouting report is done, but I have watched him. And to me, he is kind of like an industrial-sized receiver out there. He is just a big, overgrown wide receiver. And I think he might be the most dangerous pass catching, pure pass catching tight end in this draft. And one of the reasons why I think he could be in consideration for the Giants at 25th overall is because of what we saw from Lawrence Cager or how they use Lawrence Cager. Not much, not often, but they had a package of plays installed for him. Now, Kincaid is a better player in just about every way. And I think what Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka could cook up for Dalton Kincaid, particularly considering Mike Kafka, he's familiar with an, a potentially elite pass-catching tight end and what that can do for your offense. Now, of course, talking about Kelsey out in Kansas City. And one of the reasons why I think the Giants might maybe go for a wide receiver or I'm sorry, go for a tight end rather than a wide receiver in the first round. Assuming the value dictates that is because of Kafka and Dayball, how those guys are able to tailor their schemes to the players available. And we have seen them give opposing defenses fits by using players in unconventional ways or rather unconventional players and unconventional uh, personnel packages. And I think Dalton Cade is different enough in a good way that he could play to that strength of the coaching staff. I'll say this. I haven't watched Kincaid yet, but there was a clip I saw circulating Twitter where he was the number two receiver in a two-by-two two set, and he ran a seam against USC, and he bent around the the nickel defender, and the ball was perfectly placed, and he just extended away from his frame and just snatched it, just plucked it out of the air like a wide receiver. So there's a... I'm excited to see what he can do because that type of receiving skill is not something that you typically see from a tight end. It was one of the more smooth things I've seen from that position. But I want to transition to another tight end that's getting some first round buzz, but he has a lot of medical issues. So I think the combine will be important from that standpoint for Oregon State's Luke Musgrave. And I watched him down at the Senior Bowl. I felt like and a lot of his one-on-one -on -one reps at the Senior Bowl, he had a lot of little nuance to his routes. He had this one rep, and I don't exactly remember who it was against, but it was in the red zone. And he basically 
ran a stick and nod kind of type of play, and he sold it so well to create that separation over the middle of the field and then extend it up. And I, I think he caught the ball, but that's regardless of the fact. When you have that type of movement skill, you can do a lot. So what are your thoughts on Luke Musgrave, and do you think the Giants would have interest in a player like that? It's kind of hard to really navigate around that just because we know the Giants are the smart, tough, dependable type of uh type of team and, and Musgrave has not played that much football recently. Yeah, that I think is my biggest concern with him. He only has 13 starts despite being a senior. So there, there just isn't that much tape on him. And I think his medicals are going to be very, very important. The flip side of that is he is kind of an incredible athlete out there. He had at, at the senior bowl, he was one of the fastest players on the property. He topped out at over 20 miles per hour in a sprint at 255 pounds. Yeah, that is kind of incredible out there. And we've talked about how much the Giants need to add more explosiveness, more speed to their offense. And Luke Musgrave definitely has that assuming he is healthy. And I think that could that could be a big knock on his draft stock just based on what the doctors think about him, what his future prognosis is, you know, just how available they think he will be. Uh we aren't doctors, we don't have access to that information. So that's kind of just a wait and see on our part. To wait and see, but Chris do you have any other tight ends you want to go over before we get out of here? You know, I think just some other names to be aware of. Uh, Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Um, Iowa kind of known for their tight ends. <laughs> they put more than a few good ones into the NFL recently. He isn't the biggest guy, but he's got solid athleticism, solid blocker, just solid all-around tight end. Same with Cam Latu out of Alabama. Again, a little bit smaller. He might fill kind of that tight end H-back role, but again, a very versatile player. And then one guy I definitely want to keep an eye out for is Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State, just because small school guy, potential athletic upside there. Good. From what I understand, he's a pretty well-rounded tight end. So I think that is a player we should at least keep an eye out for because we saw that Joe Shane, Brian Dable, they're not afraid to go off the beaten path and select players that not everyone is looking at. There you have it, everybody. That was our running back and tight end combine preview for the 2023 NFL scouting combine that commences next week. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to The Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. If you have not done so already, please like, subscribe, comment to the podcast. That can go a long way for us. Something to do with algorithms. I'm going to throw that out there at you. And also, please head on over to BigBlueView.com and check out all of our written content. That would be quite lovely. Thank you, everyone, and have a lovely day. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. 
Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. 